Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 99 of Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. Each week, we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime, and just whatever else happens to pop into our heads. Just a quick reminder, we are on E for Explicit Podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Oh my gosh, episode 99. I feel like I'm getting emotional. I can't believe that we've done so many episodes and we're almost to 100 that's crazy y'all it's a milestone not even the series joey could make it to so uh, (laughs) we're on like we're nearing the top of the charts i'm just i'm really proud of us i just want to say that i just want to put that out there in the universe like i'm proud that we've made it this far i couldn't have imagined you know two years ago i think when we started this like we would still be going strong and we're almost episode 100 Almost there. Austin, or the co-host, how do you feel about this almost milestone? I am a flaming Austin. Ha 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 Oh my gosh, your passion burns bright. It does. I can I can see it. No, I actually really can't because his camera's off, but I'm sure he's smiling and he's happy. <laughs> my camera is off because I'm trying to do anything at this point to try to salvage my horrible audio quality. So we'll see if it works. Good luck, Austin. Hopefully this will be the magic ticket. Besides, you always like comment on the expressions I'm making while we sit there on camera. And you're like, ooh, Austin has some thoughts about that. And I really don't. Well, it's almost <laughs> like we're human beings and we pick up on facial clues and, you know, expressions and things like that. I'm very expressionate. Expressionate. Is that a word? Is it? It's a word now. I made it up. That's a major contrast between Alex and I because... I guess Alex is picking up all that, all that stuff, and then I'm thinking Austin's face never changes. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> you guys know each other a little better. Wait, you think my face never changes? <laughs> no, it's pretty same throughout the whole thing. I mean, sometimes I can tell a little bit, but I mean, it's pretty much, you know, it's oh, there. That's interesting. That's so interesting. <laughs> Maybe it's different for guys. Like, between men, it's the facial clues are different. I, I don't know. Maybe. I, don't, I, I beat L.A. Noir though, like, with perfect case solving so i think i i can do it pretty well i cannot do la noir i cannot tell what the fuck those weird cgi models are trying to convey (laughs) or like what any of it means i'm like are you lying i genuinely cannot tell it like is a drastic change is what to me gave it away is they would be like smiling and then you'd ask a question and they say you know it would just be like ultra frowny face uh squinty eyes like it's old okay. animation, so it looks like their face is melting. That's, like, the point where they went to with, like, their frown. Or Yeah, it's really ugly. I need to go back and try that and apply that strategy of, like, the... Okay, A, it looks the same. B, it looks the same. But C is different, so pick that one. Yeah, and the one that's, like, when they're lying, they, like, move pretty drastically. Like, their heads go, I don't know, like a meerkat that just heard something in the wild. They're like, you know, and they, like, start, like, looking for <laughs> the predator or whatever. Was that game any good? I never played it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was fun, but frustrating. Yeah. I never finished it. And the story's a little weird. I was just like, he went from like a beat cop to like a detective in like one case. And I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. Oh yeah, that's right. You're a rookie. And then like, I think you gunned down 
uh, somebody who's like a gangster, but they're a gangster that like knows that the police is corrupt and is trying to take advantage oh, of that. And you don't know is. that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that's what it is. And then you become like some hierarchy. You get on the hierarchy pretty quick, but you die at the end, so it doesn't really. You die at the end? Yeah, it's pretty sad that. death. Like, oh my god, you're killing like one of the corrupt cops, or you're about to solve the case, and it's raining really hard, and the city sewer system can't handle it. But you're trapped in the sewer system, so you save the woman you're having an affair with, along with another cop who's your friend, and then you get swept away with the water and die. That's a stupid way to die. <laughs> okay, so I just looked it up, it came out in 2011. And I just, I don't know why I'm getting like heavy rain vibes. Maybe it's because you're like trapped in the sewer and Me too. I was thinking the same thing. I never even played that. Hold on. When did heavy rain come out? 2010. Eight. Okay. Oh. What was up with rain and like noir, like crime video games in like 2010, 2011? I know this is just two examples of games, but it feels like that was like the prevailing theme. I don't know. Like, I feel like there's always a theme in video games at any given time. Like, right now, it's space games, right? If you say so. It's the technology. It's like back then, like, mocap was getting big, I assume, and they're, like, able to capture all these different facial features and, like, emotions, and the way you typically did that is, like, a story, and they went with, like, the easiest... They weren't so much focused on, like, plot as they were, like, let's see what this technology can do with like triggering emotions in people when now they've got like these new engines in this game era that like the game is endless you know you can explore forever and you can't do that on earth so what's after earth that you can explore forever that's true i think jacob there's something to that like it's always like a theme like in movies it's like the multiverse like that's a big trend right now austin to answer your question like space games like i just looked up an article here on space.com and it says Upcoming space games. Obviously, the big one is Starfield, but there was also, like, Outer Wilds a couple years ago. There was the Outer Worlds, which I really want to play, by the way. Kerbal Space Program, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Colony Ship, Homeworld 3? I've not heard of most of these. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. (laughs) That's aliens in space themed, I guess. All right. I don't know. It seems like an awfully evergreen motif to me. Mass Effect 4, TBA. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like there's the prevailing theme right now is space, but that might be because I'm like obsessed with Starfield at the moment. The next theme is going to be the core. We're going to go back inside the Earth. Into we're gonna re- the Earth. We're going to do a total, a, a total 180. Did y'all see that damn movie, The Core? No. Oh, God. I, I didn't see that one, but I watched one. This came on like in Iceland when I was there. I just scrolled through the channels. They had this one where it was like these people weren't to the core, but the core was trying to kill people and it had arms and was like trying to actually grab it was like the a ship. sentient being. <laughs> yeah, or it was. It was. The hell? And it created like giant insects on Earth to kill humans. Like the Earth was upset with us and it was pretty funny. What is that theory? There's like a theory and I'd look it up, but my phone is like freezing. God, I need a new phone so bad. It's like the hollow Earth theory. Oh, God. (laughs) The Earth isn't actually full of, like, you know, it's not like the mantle, the crust, the mantle, you know, the core, you know, all the layers of the Earth. It's, like, actually hollow. And there's, like, a whole other Earth or, like, colony or something, like, living inside of our Earth. That's where King Kong lives, actually. Skull Island's actually in the center. Yeah. That sounds like a joke, but it's not. Nope. Is that where he actually lives, like, in the 
King Kong like mythology. I don't that? know like my kaiju lore very well, but I know in the most recent stupid Godzilla versus Kong movie, Kong's like parents lived in the core and they were like the king and queen <laughs> Kong. And so he eventually ends up moving down there for some reason. But at some point, Godzilla atomic blasts his way from the surface of the earth into the core of the planet to go find oh King Kong. God. Wow. This this is a whole thing. I can't go through. This is too much. It's like the flat earth thing. Journey to the center of the earth. Wasn't that based on hollow earth theory? That's the one with the rock. Let's see. In fiction. No, that, in the book. I'm not talking about the movie. Oh, you're talking about the original source. Yeah. Yeah, it says Jules Verne's 1864 novel, Journey to the Center of the Earth, which showed a subterranean world teeming with prehistoric life. I just remember every answer in that book was like, they would find something and they'd be like, oh no, this is going to kill us. And then the main character would be like, well, it's never been proven. And then it just worked out because nobody ever knew. It was all theory. Dungeons and Dragons, Aquaman, Ice Age. I guess these are all like things with... That kind of theme. Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs. Yeah, wasn't it like they were like living in the earth? Yeah, I saw that for some reason. 3D. Did you see it in 3D? No, I did not. That never caught on. Oh, the MonsterVerse. Okay, this is with Godzilla, King Kong. Oh, there's like a logo and everything. All right, now we're getting into it too much. All right. Speaking of journeys. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go on a Johto journey. Let's finish the Johto journeys, actually. No, season finale, right? Yep. All right, let's go ahead and do it then. Forget the weeks. Um, oh wait oh you mean skipping the week talk oh my god uh austin thoughts i don't know uh i didn't do anything let's move on okay um, let's move on yeah i didn't do it well i watched the whole arnold documentary on netflix that was it oh arnold schwarzenegger okay arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> you know yeah. my mind went to hey arnold that's a documentary i want to watch <laughs> right the- did you know like actual kids voiced the hey arnold characters yeah i, I did know that, know that. Oh, yeah, they used to have yeah. commercials that showed them Mm-hmm. That's kind of interesting. I don't know why I was, like, surprised to learn that, but I guess I'm just used to, like, adults doing, like, a child's, like, a- affectation. Like, oh, pretending to be, but... They were phenomenal. Y'all were awesome. Just say, like, the voice actor talent, I know we've kind of mentioned this before on this podcast, the talent is immense, and I, I especially thought that this week with these episodes. Like, just a preemptive shout-out. Eric Stewart, oh my god, killed it. Yeah, he had his own episode this week. Basically. Yeah, it was, like, just... <laughs> It was like a, I don't know, highlight reel that you could just put up of him. And it would just explain what type of character he is, how great of a voice actor he is. That was it. I, I don't, I didn't do anything else. So if we want to jump right in, I'm good. All right. Let's, uh, Jacob, let's... what'd you do? Did you like go to South Korea or something? <laughs> yeah. I went there for a couple of days, business as usual. Now, I, d- I did complete my goal of over 100 hours in Battlefront 2. So chop that milestone off the charts. Good job. But did yeah. you play the single player campaign? No, I played I played one mode literally for over 100 <laughs> hours. I'm not even kidding. I did co-op missions for over 100 hours. No campaign I'm was so- touched. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking all of a sudden of that one time we tried to play Apex Legends together, you guys, and how awful it was. That- <laughs> Was it the game or us? That's something I'm having to figure it out. It was me. It was me. It was the, but it was the game. It was the game, it, yeah. It glitched, it glitched out. and I couldn't move, so I had to, like... <laughs> you had to punch your way forward. <laughs> it didn't go very we made, well. We made our own game mode of Austin froze, and then Alex and I were meleeing him to cover. We were like, let's see how long we can live with Austin as a statue. So I was wounded. We, you needed to protect we, me. Yeah, we were... We played how long can we keep Austin alive? We literally died within like 
two seconds. Like, the other people, like, descended on us and killed us immediately. Yeah, that was not a very, um... That felt like a high barrier entry. That's because you guys are, like... I was like, okay, wait, we have to, like, have a practice. We have to figure out what we're doing. And you're like, nah, fuck that. We're just going to jump right into it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, my God. So, good job, Jacob, on the on the Star Wars thing. Or Yeah. yeah. Yep. And uh, before we jump into the episodes, another quick reminder. This is episode 99. So, keep checking our Twitter, Instagram. Uh, what other social media outlets do we have? Patreon. Patreon. That's right. I don't know. If, can you relay messages through Patreon? No, but you can subscribe and you then can. you can message us. <laughs> you could support us that way. And then, yeah, keep an eye on our social media because fun things are happening. Right, guys? That's right. Yeah. We're, we're working. We're trying. Behind the scenes magic. Two episodes we have this week are the Psychic Sidekicks and the Fortune Hunters. And we clearly, we've established before we started recording, we clearly had a favorite this <laughs> week. And you're going to hear all about that. You're gonna, you can guess which one by how much we talked to when we get to it. Uh, the Randomizer has spoken for this week. Alex, you get the 30-second summary challenge. I get to summarize the Psychic Sidekicks. And Austin, you get Fortune Hunters. Better bring your A game, Austin. Oh, I'm scared. I didn't take any notes. What? Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one, okay. We'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Austin, you're going to time Alex or me? I'll do it. Okay. Get ready, Alex. Three, two, one, go. So we see a trainer tip sign, which I don't think we've ever seen before. And it says, beware of the ghost Pokemon in this area. Suddenly, Ash encounters a strange toothy face that pops out. And it turns out to be not a ghost, but a giraffe rig. He meets Giraffrake's trainer, Cherry, and she takes him to town to say, hey, we all have these psychic types and we're the best ever town ever. Suddenly, Team Rocket attacks with their giant Gengar mecha thing. Cherry has like a psychic connection with Giraffrake and ends up winning. And I can't tell. Okay, perfect. Because I was like, I can't see you. I can't tell. (laughs) That was pretty. Yeah, you could get that warning. I don't have the 10 second finger thing that we usually do. That was good. This is a Pokemon introduction episode. Was it really? I'm sorry to jump in. Was it really an introduction? Because we just watched the movie and this Pokemon appeared in the movie, but I guess we com- conveniently forgot all about that. Movie cameos don't count. We have to have an entire 22 minutes introducing it. Wonderful. Uh, well, the, mov- the movie came out after this episode or before? It had to be before, Probably right? the same week. Who knows? <laughs> same the, week. The movie happened like in chronological order. It happened before this episode this is we're still traveling along that's what we do here in pokemon world we just travel 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 never get anywhere it seems like come across these random cities with characters and different pokemon that's what we do here but like alex said we're traveling along here there's some a sign that says beware of ghost pokemon we know that we don't i don't think we even see a ghost pokemon this episode that's a good point we don't see a single ghost type pokemon after yeah. all this like I think it's a conspiracy of some sort, but whatever. Conspiracy? Yeah, I don't know what for. <laughs> what the conspiracy would be for. Is it just to, like, hype their town with, like, the psychic 
obsession that they have. Like, oh, we all have the, all these psychic Pokemon because they're like ghosts around here, but there's no ghosts. I don't know. Yeah, we don't see like any ghosts. There's nothing. I mean, I guess that makes sense. You wouldn't see a ghost. Maybe that's the joke. I don't know. Anyway, we uh, we know obviously that psychic Pokemon are strong against ghost type Pokemon, but the problem is. Ash, Misty, and Brock, they don't have a actual psychic Pokemon. That's not the only problem. <laughs> What's the other problem, Austin? Alex, do you want to take it? You seem excited for a second. Wait, what? Oh. Do you realize the central problem of this premise? What, the central problem? Well, they have Noctowl, but I guess, I'm guessing that's not what you're thinking. Psychic types are weak to ghost types. Oh, yes! Oh my god, you're right. Oh, I was shit. wondering about that, too. <laughs> Does that change later on, or is that consistent throughout is that to, to this day is that the truth that's the truth yeah because he uses Gengar or he uses Haunter against the whole like Sabrina thing that we had yeah so oh what God. the heck's going on with this this is messed up this makes no sense I didn't realize that until just now I w- okay they'd be better off using a normal type against the ghosts am I right yeah because it well it couldn't affect the normal type yeah does it say anything about that anywhere like no I don't think they even redact that I think it's really just the Maybe it is a scam, like Austin said. Is that what you were talking about, Austin, it being a scam? Is I couldn't possibly figure out what the scam is. I just know something's wrong in the town of Lind. Town so of Lind. nobody says anything about that, though, because it's not like Ash or anyone is like, wait a minute. Does it even say that in the... It doesn't... Oh, wait. Yeah, it does. Okay. Thank you, Bulbapedia. Wait, It's this is the reason they give for it. It says, mistakenly stated that psychic types are strong against ghosts when, in fact, the reverse is true. However, Ghastly, Haunter, and Gengar are weak due to their secondary type because they're poison types. In Generation 1, an error in programming resulted in ghost-type attacks having no effect on psychic Pokemon rather than being super effective as was intended. This particular episode was released well into Gen 2 after the mistake was fixed, and it is unclear how this error entered this script. But Giraffe Rig is part normal. This is a mess. This is just a mess. <laughs> this, this is a mess. Of mess. Of it. <laughs> oh, God. The more you talk, the more I just get lost. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bunch of technical mumbo jumbo. But no, the more that they information they give, the harder it gets to even think about this. Austin's right. Austin is right. As always. As always. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> wow. Okay. Good. Uh, observation there, Austin. For some reason, we think uh, the Pokemon we're going to use to fight these ghost Pokemon is Psyduck. Uh, we have other options here, like Alex pointed out. We have Noctowl. Um, which one is it? Starmie or Staryu? They can learn. Can they learn uh, Psychic-type moves? Starmie can, but Starmie's dead somewhere. Yeah. we don't. Uh, that's right. They're not in our party now. Do we, have anybody, we don't think we have anybody else. Is Psyduck literally our only option for a Psychic I mean, Pokemon? Togepi's there, but like I that's don't... metronome, so that'd be a shot in the dark. Doesn't the special one in like Soul Silver like you can get one that has like extra sensory or something? Yes, which is a psychic move. Okay, so Togepi and Psyduck are only options, I guess. Yeah, the two most dependable of all Pokemon, Togepi and Psyduck. No Noctowl love, you guys. Oh yeah, psychic moves, and also part normal type, so that would have been helpful. And it could fly too, so it could probably spot the ghost Pokemon. It doesn't matter anyway, because there's not actually a single ghost-type Pokemon within the next 10 miles in any direction. <laughs> yeah, this is this is just a joke. All right, we'll, uh, we'll keep moving along here like the twerps. We won't look at our mistakes. 
Uh, Psyduck comes out, and then it just points to its head and has a headache, so it doesn't want to fight like Misty tells it to, and it just goes, it just goes back inside its Pokeball. Uh, next thing, we know there's some rustling going on in the bushes, and this little tiny, like, head-looking thing comes out. It looks like an old toy, that, like, a shark mouth toy with the handle thing on it, like a grabber. Oh, yeah. It kind of looks like that, but it's, like, black, and it's got these weird color eyes, and they're kind of, like, speculating on what it could be, and they're like, this is not a ghost-type Pokemon I've ever seen before. It's too bad we don't have a Pokedex. Yeah, yeah, really. We can't scan this to see what it is, so we got to take, you know, guesses. And I guess the one thing that shocked me is I didn't know that it's, like, spoiler, the Pokemon is actually Girafferig. I can't even say that. Girafferig. Say that three times fast. I know. Girafferig, Girafferig, Girafferig. I hate the name of this Pokemon. What's the new one called? Farigarath. Farigarath. That's right. Thank you, Austin. These sound like slurs. They do. (laughs) Oh my god. They do. Do they? Kinda. Uh, okay. Farigarath. I mean, maybe that one a little bit more than Girafferig, but... To me, it sounds like a type of music. I don't know. It sounds like a disease, like Girafferig disease or <laughs> you something. Got the, you got the Girafferig? Farigarath <laughs> syndrome. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't ever go away. You can just contain it. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. But I didn't know, like, Girafferig, like, we walk upon this head thing. I didn't know that its tail could actually, like, bite. I thought that was, like, for decoration. It has its own little brain. It doesn't really? the tail. It, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's gross. That your your butt has a brain in it. It's like it had an unformed <laughs> twin in the womb, and, like, that's what oh came out God. of it. Oh, my God. Oh, no. It's like, that's what's left of it. I don't know. I feel like Girafferig, like, as a concept is cool. Like, I never used it. So maybe I just don't appreciate it enough, but like I'm glad that it finally got some recognition and in got this like an episode? evolution. No, oh. no, like in in general. Okay, I was gonna say this episode is not a very flattering depiction of Girafferig. I would say it's just kind of there. I yeah. think it suffers from like the Stantler syndrome. Like it's just it's like a deer slash. It's like a quadrupedal single stage giraffe giraffe deer thing and it's like it's too similar to stantler like they i don't know they're just boring like at this point in time i like stantler better design wise really yeah huh i like giraffe better because it looks weird i like giraffe better aesthetically but i feel, still think it's like kind of boring yeah but you know who loves giraffe wig cherry 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 <laughs> cherry what a weird choice for a name. I know. Like, the first time we introduce her, she comes up and she's like, hey, that's my giraffe rig. It's not a ghost Pokemon. It's a psychic Pokemon, whatever. But then Brock comes up and says, hey, do you want to be my cherry pie? Get it? Did he really say that? No, he doesn't. Oh, my God. She's I was going to be so mad I missed that. Pie. I was like, in that song, she's my yeah, cherry that, pie. She's my cherry pie. <laughs> Come on, uh, four oh kids. Oh, my God. Why is her name? Th- this is like... This is not uh, Cherubi. Like, if she was, like, a Cherubi trainer, maybe it'd make sense. Yeah, her name should be Giraffe Girl. Giraffe Girl? What's a name that sounds like Giraffe? Like, Jenny. Maybe it should be, like, Jenny. Officer Jenny. Oh, shit. We can't have Jenny. Fuck. Jerry? Jerry? Yeah. That's a name. Oh, I guess. Okay, yeah, Jerry. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is this this Cherry Girl, she's a little long in the neck, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) Like giraffes have long necks, so yeah, we got it, we got it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, Jerry gives us the four one one on uh, Lynn Town. There's no creativity at all with this episode. We got a, a bland, 
I guess cherry. I don't know. Cherry's kind of bland. Lentown. No offense to any cherries out there who are listening to us. If your name is Cherry, leave us a five-star review and subscribe <laughs> yeah. to our Patreon. Tell us the pros of being named Cherry. Tell us the cons of being named Cherry. Yeah, I was first I thought it was Sherry. But she gives us the 411, and Lintown basically just the, I don't know, a hub of psychic trainers that raise psychic Pokemon because of the woods. There's apparently infestation of ghost Pokemon in the woods. They raise them to keep them away. They needed to commit to the bit... They needed to have it be Giraffe Rig Town, and today's the day of the annual Giraffe Rig Festival. That would have made more sense. There's <laughs> like a herd of Giraffe yeah. Rig that just walked by. We don't get anything this episode fest- with festivities going on. We're just uh, checking it out. Uh, but also, Team Rocket is checking this place out, and this is kind of just letting you know that they're there. You know, that typical eight-minute-in awareness that Team Rocket's there. And of course, they're just saying... You know, maybe we can go steal some of these uh, psychic Pokemon. Yes, Alex? I have a question. Where did they get this CIA-grade listening equipment that they're using to spy on the Torps? Popular Pokemon Magazine. Damn, is there anything Popular Pokemon Magazine can't do? My theory is we get so much inconsistency with, like, Team Rocket being broke and them being, like, buying this highly collectible stuff. My assumption is every episode, they have something special. It's like the first of the month because Giovanni's like, just replenish their budget. Is this like, okay, I was talking recently about this story. I don't know. I can't remember where it was from, who it was, whatever. But it was like some guy who was on a payroll for like 17 years or something like that. And he never went to work like once, but he was getting paid for like all that time. Like, is that the same situation here, like, where Team Rock is just mistakenly on the payroll and, like, nobody has audited their books? Like, they just (laughs) keep getting a paycheck without working. Like, that's what I feel like is happening. It could be that. The story I read was similar, but it was a guy in IT, and he worked at a company, I don't know how long. It was a long time. And all he did was outsource his work to someone, like, somewhere else. I think I I told you all this before, I think. Oh, my God. And he, like, was able to get away with it for so long. You know, he's paying this person pennies on the dollar to do his job for him. And I was like, dang, Dang. that's pretty evil. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Apparently, this isn't, like, uncommon. This is seemingly happening, but... But anyway, that's uncommon. But what's not uncommon is Ash wanting to battle every person he meets. Because that's basically what happens next. We sit down for like a, I don't know, Brock mixes some small snacks. Jelly sandwiches. You got your jelly sandwiches in there made of apricot jelly, 100% organic, uh, crushed by uh, Vulpix's feet. Ew. You got that that going. A little fur ball in there with every bite of sandwich. But it's good because they're enjoying it. But then Ash mentions that he's becoming a Pokemon master. And Cherry's like, I don't know what that is. And Ash just says, hey, it means I'm the best. And she goes, no, you're not. And they battle. Oh, I noticed Cherry was like, I also want to be a Pokemon master. And I'm like, Cherry, (laughs) you're spitting some bullshit. That's not true. She doesn't know what it is. That's not a thing. (laughs) She doesn't even have a single badge. No, she she just said that because Ash said it. You know, it's like that 10-year-old thing. You know, I got to be the exact same thing you are. So they begin to battle. And it's a a one-on-one match. There's no, like, we're not going to change a bunch of Pokemon out here. It's Giraffe Rig versus uh, Pikachu. And I guess this is like the only highlight Giraffe Rig gets this episode. It's kind of like shows off some of its attacks. Like, you know, I think it's got Psybeam, 
Stomp. And then like the main highlight is Future Sight. I never ever used Future Sight any of the games before. And maybe in the metagame, there's like some practical purpose for it. But just playing through the video game, I was like, this is a waste of my time. I don't even know how it works in the video game. Does it work like it does in this match where you hit it and then you got to sit there and like tank yes. for four moves and then like, yes, does it, is it an instant kill? No. It's a damage dealing psychic type move introduced in Gen 2, two turns later. Okay. So two turns. Can't land a critical hit. There's all these like meta game considerations, I suppose, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it doesn't seem, like, practical to sit there and wait to use it. Like, if you're just playing through as, like, a single player, like, not just a casual, it's much easier to probably pick a different move, right? And then end the battle sooner, right? Yeah, like, you're not going to sit there and waste time picking Future Sight and waiting two turns. I don't know. Yeah. In this episode, it points out, like, it's... Not a good move, because eventually, like, you know, the <laughs> highlight is Jirafwick uses it, but it doesn't work. Pikachu just kind of, like, takes it, and it's kind of like, okay, I mean, that kind of hurt. But then Pikachu just, like, thunders it and wins the battle. So there's not, like, I don't know, it doesn't, it's not a good move. Do uh, any metagamers out there or, like, competitive players want to, like, let us know how or if you use Future Sight? Like, what, what is its practical use? Is it helpful? The meta gamers have already tuned out when we were like, wait, psychic, ghost, how are they related to each other? <laughs> oh. Wait, how's that work? <laughs> Maybe some people want to educate us, filthy casuals. Yeah, do it nicely, please. <laughs> yeah, do it nicely, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, come with an approach of us. We want to learn, not a uh, smart alecky. <laughs> That's how you should communicate with people in general. It's a life, free life lesson there. We've never made any sort of like claims that we knew anything beyond the basics we just we just uh we laugh there's a reason our podcast description specifically says we are filthy casual millennials yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) now hopefully that makes us appealing and if it does leave us five stars back to pikachu winning here and if i'm remembering correctly like cherry's ultimate goal is to just communicate giraffe with giraffe rig like how does she like Telepathically. Telepathically. Giraffe-rigurally. Giraffe-rigurally. She wants to neigh something and, like, giraffe-rig knows what she's talking about. Like, do horses... horses, Giraffes neigh. Are giraffes horses? What? (laughs) Like, what are... Hold on. I know a giraffe's just a giraffe, but, like, what what are they most related to? (laughs) What is a kingdom phylum of a giraffe? Let's see what the giraffe Is it a deer? closest relative is i think you just had the episode title there austin are giraffes horses (laughs) giraffes horses um okay what are they related to it says that they oh my god the okapi is the giraffe's closest relative right okay what's an okapi an okapi is a cool looking thing animal it's an animal (laughs) it looks like this they're kind of cute in a weird kind of way. That's They're a like horse. That looks. Horse, that's really. That's deer. like a horse zebra hybrid. They're horsey. Hey. These are cute. I like this thing. Oh my god! Look at the little baby one. Now I'm gonna Google our giraffe horses. Oh, that is really cute. Oh my god! Adorable. <laughs> His legs are huge. Listeners, go and do yourself a favor. Put a smile on your face today and Google baby okapi. Our <laughs> giraffes horses. Okay, so. Horses are in the family Equus, as we know. Okay. As we know, yeah, sure. Giraffes are in the family Giraffidae. Oh. Okay. 
have a giraffe day. Ah. <laughs> All right. All right. Enough horseplay. Let's get back to this episode. Oh my god. Um. No, I'm not. I'll skip. I'll skip over that joke. Uh. No. Let's hear it. Let's hear no, it no, 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 no. What? What does a gay horse say? No, no, no. What does a gay horse eat? Hey. Hey. You never heard. Oh. Of <laughs> Oh my god. It is June. Horses are, are Austin's nemesis, so we have to move on. That's true. Yeah, one bit his thumb off when he was little, try to fit it apple. That's a true story. <laughs> Couldn't handle it. What? Luckily they they reattached it though. The horse sped it out because it was disgusted and Austin's like, Oh my god and they glued it back on. So good for you, Austin. <laughs> it was my left thumb. Have you guys ever been walking along somewhere and then like something comes out of nowhere and you're like, How'd that get there? Yeah, that's what this town is full of with Abra. Oh. We go back to Lynn. I thought you were going to say, that's what horses are like. <laughs> that's what horses are like, yeah. Um, they sneak up on you. <laughs> horses, the the stalker we know them to be. No, Abra is around this town. Um, this is really a missed opportunity because we're in Lintown, like, you know, Cherry invites us back. So the Pokemon they decide to highlight in the psychic town, not a new one. But a uh, Abra that just teleports everyone. It's kind of annoying. Admittedly, we've hardly seen Abra before. We saw it once and it immediately evolved. We're in a new region. We should see a new one. Are there any other new psychic types other than like... Natu and Satu. Well, we, they have to have their own episode later. Exactly. We haven't seen them yet, so they can't just appear here. That's true. Wobbuffet. Eh, we've seen enough Wobbuffet. Yeah. Is that it? Um, Is it? Are there any like secondary types? Psychic type Pokemon? I guess not. This is Giraffe Rig episode. No one okay. else allowed. With a pickpocketing Abra. That's basically all we get in this town, though. We don't get much of a, like, you know, here's where this is, here's where this is kind of thing. We just see the Abra. So we had the eight minute flash to Team Rocket. Now we have our 15 minute flash to Team Rocket. And they're in a giant Gengar. They're behind a giant Gengar faceplate with no backing to it. <laughs> yeah, so the money ran out. <laughs> form a little bit they couldn't encircle it <laughs> it's like a like a big shield it's like a big just flat gengar face yeah it's like a mirror i think they say some kind of reflective material but anyway this giant gengar eats a mr mime this poor mr mime was just fishing there i don't know if it was going to do with that fish if it caught it if it was going to eat it or like what its end goal with that fish was but it was minding its own business and next thing we know it's engulfed by this gengar I'm sorry, like, who, I I just have to ask, like, if you were, like, a Pokemon trainer or, like, person in the world and you were, like, sitting down thinking to yourself, okay, what Pokemon should I train? I don't know. You have your pick of, like, any cool thing out there. What makes you come to the decision of, like, yes, I want to be a Mr. Mime trainer? I I don't know. You just can't imagine anyone liking a Mr. Mime. The only Mr. Mime that's even acceptable is Mimey, and that's just about it. That's pushing it, too. Like, Mimey's cute, but I just, I don't know. I just can't fathom, like, the thought process behind willingly deciding, yes, I want to spend my time with a Mr. Mime. That sounds like a book. Spend time with Mr. Mime. Spend time with your Mr. Mime. (laughs) That's not a euphemism. (laughs) Is that our episode title? That? (laughs) Spending time with Mr. Mime. Hang with Mr. Cooper. Hang with Mr. Mime. (laughs) Oh my god. It's just so weird. Mr. Mime's at least kind of independent, you know? At least he's not like a Chikorita. Like, if I had a Chikorita that was, like, on my leg every single hour of the day, I would get so sick of it. At least Mr. Mime is kind of self-sufficient in a way. He's too human-like. It's so weird. 
I don't know. I feel like Delia, okay, like, Mr. Mime's practically, like, a human. Maybe at least Delia, like, she puts him up with, like, room and board and stuff. So it's not, like, this weird indentured servitude relationship. But I just, it's just too weird. It's an odd-looking one. It's better than Galarian, Mr. Mime. Oh, God. All right, enough about uh, Mr. Mime. It's not Mr. Mime time. Go spend, yeah, go spend time, Mr. Mime, on your own time. Team Rocket's on the front here. They're ready to capture more psychic Pokemon because getting that Mr. Mime just wasn't enough. Uh, Cynthia comes out with her Abra. Cynthia. <laughs> I'm giving her a name. Wait, didn't she have a name? Mrs. Bellows. Bellows. Yes. Okay. Bellows. I think she's bellowing like she's loud, I guess. I don't know. It's sexist. Oh. Oh, because she was like running through town like, Abra, get back here this instant. Is anyone else bored of Lentown? Can we move on to Goldenrod City? <laughs> oh, right. We're almost done with this episode. Okay. We're almost done. We're almost there. Uh, the Abra attacks the Gengar. It doesn't work. Gengar has like some kind of deflective shield on it. Now we're back in town with uh, Cherry and her giraffe rig. This is like a Jimmy stuck in the well moment. Giraffe rig's kind of like freaking out and kind of being like, hey, uh, something's not right here. Something's coming. Then all of a sudden this giant Gengar comes out and... It battles some Pokemon there, like Ash brings out some of his Pokemon. It doesn't really work, and this is Girafferig's time to shine. I'm sorry, I just had to mention this one part. Like, right before we see the Gengar, like, right before it, like, rolls into town and starts, like, wreaking havoc all over the place, Brock says something stupid. He's like, oh my gosh, how is it possible that a Gengar can get that big? And I'm like, y'all forget Pokemopolis? Like, we had that whole thing with a giant Gengar. Like, is this that hard to believe? I, I don't know. If anything, they should have been like, oh, no, it's Pokemopolis. Come back to get revenge. Yeah. Th- why didn't they reference that? Why didn't they say, like, oh, my God, was there a giant Alakazam there, too? Like, they should have said something. But no, we can't have any sort of continuity. What if they, like, tried to find the giant Jigglypuff and that was the rest of the episode? <laughs> that would have been it. better than what we got. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> what we get is, like, a duo team of Pikachu and Girafferig kind of like teaming up and Girafferig this name uh, <laughs> appears to be attacking on its own like you don't know why, why is it using future sight and psychic and why is it like working with Pikachu to f- use thunder to free the Pokemon which happens like Pikachu and Girafferig they team up and shock the Gengar and free all the psychic Pokemon sending Team Rocket along their merry way and at the very end it's revealed that Cherry can telepathically or psycholo- I don't know, can it communicate with Girafferig without, like, voice commands? And everyone's like, oh my god, that's great! Yay! And then we ride off, basically ride off into the sunset. That seems like being able to talk with your Pokemon telepathically seems way too strong. It is crazy. Yeah, you, like, you wouldn't have to, like, you'd be in a battle or whatever, and it's like you wouldn't have to call out any moves to it. You could just communicate in your heads. Like, how is the other trainer supposed to, like, anticipate anything? Like, isn't that cheating? I feel like there's cheating. Well, what you do is you start cheating yourself. Because first, you turn off all the lights in the stadium so that your opponent cannot see what's happening. And then you recall your core fish when it's confused into its <laughs> Pokeball and send it right back out. And oh, it's not right. confused anymore. That's ingenious. Why didn't I think of that? That's what happens in Season 9 when Ash faces Annabelle, who exclusively communicates psychically with her Psychic-type Pokemon. So Ash is already, like, five steps ahead of this. Do you think that's how it is in the games? Like, the the opposing trainer's hollering out, like, a name or a name of an attack, and, like, you just sit there and you click one, and your trainer doesn't say anything, and the Pokemon just does it? 
Ah, red dot 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 dot. That's how red wins all the time. Uh, maybe. Anyway, we're gonna skip the MVP and LVP and the quote because we're gonna be ready to go to the next. No, no let's. I'm, I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not in that much of a hurry. Well, we already said it telepathically, so. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> this whole episode should just be silence, and it's just this is the telepathic episode. Either you get it or you don't. <laughs> Is the dress blue or gold? Oh my god. Is it, ya- what is it, Yanny or Lenol or whatever the fuck? Laurel or Yanny. <laughs> Laurel or, thank you. Which one did you guys hear? Laurel. I did too. I think I heard, I eventually wound up hearing both. Like both of them, I could see blue and I could see the gold and then I could but hear. But the first one, what was the first one? The Laurel one, I believe. Laurel. Okay, in the dress, I saw the white and gold. Um. Oh shit, I can't really remember. I want to say I saw it as black and blue. Without my glasses on, I saw gold. But with my glasses on, I saw blue. So I don't know what's what that means or what's going on there. Well, for the for the Laurel and Yanny one, I think I read an article one time where it was like it had something to do with like your age because different people of different ages you can you know how when you're older you can't hear stuff so high pitched anymore. It has something to do with that. All right. Well, I psychically communicated to my LVP, and uh, okay, let's move it on to the quote. Wow. <laughs> MVP was five players. Least five player and quote for this episode. Austin, you actually are first. Oh, fine. And then I get to bring up the uh, the back. <laughs> I was going to say rear, but I don't know. <laughs> bring up Giraffe's rear. <laughs> Do you think a giraffe could reach its rear with its neck? I'm sure it could. I know they fight. They fight, they fight with, their, with necks. their necks. Yeah. I've seen that before. That's wild. Anyway. My LVP is the twerps because they could have easily walked past the Yangar and just found Team Rocket behind the thing and they'd be helpless. So there was no need to do all that battling. My MVP will be uh, uh, Cherry's Giraffe Rig because I like Giraffe Rig and I have no other explanation other than that. Wait, that was your MVP? Yeah, why not? Uh, my quote will be Jesse saying, Abra, 12 o'clock. And Meow says, who cares what time it is? I missed her saying that. Oh, okay. Well, she only said it psychically, so you couldn't hear oh, it. Oh, damn. Uh, okay, my turn? Go for it. Okay, I'm going to give my MVP to Psyduck for putting itself back in its Pokeball and being like, nope, I'm not dealing with this shit. It knew what was up. LVP, I'm going to give it to Cherry. You didn't say Cherry, right, Austin? I did not. I said the twerps. Okay, the twerps. Cherry, because she lied about there being ghost Pokemon. <laughs> and clearly there wasn't it's a gaslighting campaign yeah it there's is. totally ghost pokemon <laughs> everywhere <laughs> you can't see them though there's got to be some kind of money laundering scheme some kind of like tourism component like there's got to be a, a reason which is like those shows where they go into a haunted house and they're like oh look this counter's going off there's a ghost in here you yeah. don't know i mean there's no ghosts yeah you can't tell okay let's see a good quote oh i have two and i can't pick all right, I'm going to pick the one at the end when Team Rocket rolls into town and they're like, we're going to capture up all the psychic Pokemon. And so Jesse says, these psychic Pokemon will help us control all humans and Pokemon and help us dominate the world. And James says, dominate the world? I thought we were just going to use them to entertain on cruise ships. All right. Is it my turn? Yep. Yes. All right. I'm going to give my MVP to Popular Pokemon Magazine. Oh, again. <laughs> For knowing their clientele and only selling half a Gengar and not the whole thing. <laughs> I'll give my LVP to that old lady because she can't Cynthia. control Cynthia. 
Mrs. Cynthia Bellows. Yeah, Bellows. She can't control her Abra. That's got to suck. They better train her. And then my quote, it's uh, back and forth between uh, Meowth, Brock, and Misty. And Meowth goes, do something special. And Meowth's like, we're getting pretty clever, aren't we? And Brock goes, I have to admit they are. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> the Misty's like, hey, whose side are you on? Is that it for this episode? Because I see a lot of laughter in our future. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Get ready. <laughs> you could tell our fortunes. Yeah. Get ready to tell our fortunes in three, two. Oh, wait. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, One, go. <laughs> okay. So they are at a Pokemon Center where Misty sees a bunch of kids reading a Pokemon astrology book. And she demands to see it and read her fortune. Turns out that she is a Gyarados type, which sends her into a rage. She also, they encounter Team Rocket, and James decides that he's, like, the best ever because he's a Moltres type. They meet Bush and Cassidy. They have all these crazy, wacky adventures, and I will just have to let us talk about this because there's way too much for 30 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) I was just guessing, Alex, by the way, when I was holding up the numbers. Yeah, you were were way off. I was way off. Okay. (laughs) I I, I panicked, Jacob. There's a lot. (laughs) Let me hold up a five. I was, like, ten seconds in. Okay, I just want to say to everybody out there that that was just shit 30 seconds because Jacob fucked me up with his, like, <laughs> countdown on his hands. I was like, oh my god, five seconds already? Ah. There was, like, 20 seconds left when he said oh, that. No. <laughs> okay, I already know who my LVP is going to be. <laughs> All right, get ready for our season finale. This is okay, because, you know what, there was way too much in this episode to even do justice in There's no seconds. way... Uh, a good 30-second summary would just ruin it almost, in a way. It would. So we're at the Pokemon Center where all these little girls have their little fortune-telling book, and Missy's um, like... Excuse me, I'm so sorry. There were some boys there, too. Oh, was the boys there, too? Don't make it so. It's just assuming that only girls are into astrology. Okay, That's well, not true. <laughs> a bunch of children... <laughs> They're looking at their fortune-telling book, and Misty asks one of the children, can I look at that? And the child says, no, you need to go buy your own. I'm not allowed to give this to anyone else. Now, excuse me while I go talking to my friends. Because the parents told them not to share. Don't share your Pokemon fortune book. The, the beginning of this episode, it doesn't matter, boy, girl, who's involved with it. The main thing is, these are like five-year-old children involved with this, thinking it's cool. And then... <laughs> You know, this is a children's thing. I regret to inform you, Jacob, a lot of adult people in this world actually believe in astrology and actually put stock into it. I only believe believe in astrology. Leave five stars and join our Patreon. And then read the stars and tell us what the future is going to be for this podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, can I just say, look, I don't know. I I feel like I don't want to be too divisive here, but like there's... An entertainment factor for yes. astrology, I yes. think. Like, it's it's kind of fun sometimes to be like, oh, what's the stupid, like, magazine going to tell me my fortune is for this week? Or, like, what's my lucky number this week? Or whatever it is. I don't know. I think in some ways it's kind of fun. But, like, the people, and I'm so sorry. I know I'm going to offend some people. But it's like, if you write off people based on, like, their star sign, be like, oh, I can't be friends with you. Or I can't date you because you're a whatever like, I guess that's your prerogative, but I don't know. It, it's a good war- It's a good red flag for other people to n- be aware of. <laughs> that's true, too, yeah. yeah that's your, true. Your aura's not speaking to me today. I just, I can't do it. Uh, yeah, I believe in astrology and the hollow earth theory. <laughs> okay, we can't, we can't be friends anymore. 
I, I mean, I get it. I like crack, cracking open a like fortune cookie and you know being hearing some good news out of that. Like when it favors me, I think it's cool. But I don't want to hear like, like you know. That's different though. That's different. when it's that's flattering. Like it's good. When, yeah, when it's in my favor, I like it. But when if it's like yeah, but that's like putting everybody in a box and saying like, oh, you know, all Scorpios are like sex fiends and like. Is that what Scorpios are? I think so. Oh. I don't know. See, I don't know. I'm generalizing. I don't know. All I know is, like, you could tell anyone you're any star sign, and they'd be like, yeah, you really do seem like that. It's like, okay, yeah. You can pick out any trait from, like, any person and say, oh, yeah, like, you're a hardworking person. Oh, that's a Capricorn trait. Oh, you're a wishy-washy, you know, person that just likes to be spontaneous. Oh, that's, like, a Gemini trait. I don't even know if that's real, but, like... Alex, okay, I thought you were... These were real, okay. No, I don't know. Like, that could be... Oh, like, you never had sex, so you're a Virgo. You know what I mean? I... Hey. Oh, Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if those are actual traits that are, like, definitive of, like, those star signs, but, you know, I'm just saying, you can't... Austin's right. You could pick out any trait and be like, oh, that's an X trait of this star sign. Like, I don't know. It's fun to It's look fun at to it, look but... at the stupid things that are like, what fruit are you based on your star sign? It's like, ooh, I totally am an apple. Sure. Yeah. You know what the worst one is to me? And I, I'll, I'll just say this. Like, it's all, it's all just a marketing ploy, right? It's like, oh, your star sign is this. So you need to like buy this thing. So it's like prevalent in makeup and things like that, where it's like, oh, your lipstick color, like Scorpios are going to be like the dark, sultry red. And like, isn't it based on like your skin tone? Isn't that what you're like in your hair? Like, no, because. Isn't that how you do makeup? Well, that's part of it. But I'm saying for like, as an overgeneralization, like Pisces or Aquarius, like they're going to be like the more blue because they're like the water signs or something. And then like Capricorns are always earth tones. And then, like, Aries is always red or some shit. Like, I don't know. It's all just a way to sell you some stuff. I don't <laughs> and Virgos don't wear makeup because they never get laid, right? Is that the thing? <laughs> Jacob's obsessed with virgins today. <laughs> I think I am a Virgo. I mean, like, sign-wise, oh. not like, you know. <laughs> Actually, I, I think you are. I think I, think I am. Uh, what are you, Alex? Capricorn. I am a Pisces. Someone's listening, like, God, Jacob is such a Virgo, and Alex is such a Capricorn, and Austin is such a Pisces. I could already have told you that five minutes ago. Yeah, is there anybody out there that actually, like, enjoys astrology and knows a little bit? Like, tell us if you've been listening, do we actually embody our star signs or not? I'm not sure. We're going to have to call this episode Astrology Apology or something like that. Oh my god, that's perfect. (laughs) Actually, I love it. I'm not going to apologize for anything. I stand by everything I said. It's not for everyone. How about that? Sure. All right, there's a book that we don't read. Yeah, there's a book, a Pokemon astrology book. Oh my god, my app just totally fucked up and I can't read it. What the fuck? I'm lost without it. What? My notes app just like blew up at me. Oh, rookie mistake. You didn't type it up on your computer. I actually did, but I'm using Google Docs. You should have used your future site, Austin, and known that... Well, this is what I get for making fun of astrology. Oh, shit. <laughs> the universe is against you now. <laughs> I guess so. So we go to the daycare center, the one located just south of Goldenrod City. Is that what this is supposed to be? I guess. Also, it turns out daycare centers are evil. <laughs> but we don't know that yet. Uh, this is our second daycare center and the second one to have some suspicious activity happening. They are giving out their astrology book, these old people, and they say... If you 
um, want the Pokemon who you are assigned to via your birthday, you should leave your Pokemon here and we'll get to you the Pokemon you want. Which seems like an awfully convenient or an awfully confusing scheme, but whatever. They get some Rattata and Oddish and shit from that, I guess. It's like Wonder Trade in a way. Yeah, you don't know what you're gonna get. Spin the wheel. They they take it like if like who was that kid? He like runs up. He's like, Do you have Poliwhirl? I want your Poliwhirl. Yeah, he's like, Do you have like a Poliwhirl <laughs> for my Golbat or something? And then they're like, If somebody comes along that has like a a Poliwhirl that wants to have a Golbat, we'll like trade you for it or whatever. And it doesn't make sense this whole scheme anyway. This is too complicated of a scheme. Yeah. Does it? I think it makes perfect sense. But maybe oh. I'm easily, like, manipulated. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about it a little bit later. To me, it makes zero sense. Does it? Oh, I don't know. doesn't matter, though, because now it's time to find out what all the twerps are, what kind of Pokemon star signs they have. Ash is a Bellsprout because he's passive and easily swayed. Wrong. Is he? Because I feel like he kind of goes along with some some stupid shit sometimes. He, I would not describe Ash as passive. He's gullible, but he's definitely not passive. Okay, that's true. Maybe he's he's wrong. Giant building on fire, just run in it. Ash is open for adventure, but I don't think he's like, you could convince him of anything that goes against his moral values, you know? So would it be better to describe like a Bellsprout person as like flexible and spontaneous and like kind of just swaying in the wind, like wherever the wind takes you, adventurous? They're like- all supposed to be positive, not like demeaning like these are that's how you know it's a fake astrology book brox is positive but the gyarados one brox is very positive because brox is an onyx who's hard working and detail oriented yes okay and of course the big one is misty is a gyarados a stubborn loner with a bad temper grouchy and irritable no astrology anything would ever say anything like that it has mm. to be flattering i don't know sometimes like reading astrology books like okay i can just speak to mine or whatever, as a Capricorn. And it's like, sometimes you're like, because it's a goat, right? It's a goat fish, weird. But it's like, sometimes you could be stubborn or like unwilling to change, you know, or some shit like that. It's got that is some true. Negative. What? Um, what? <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Wait, what? what? <laughs> oh, are you saying, oh, you're, you're, oh, Austin, you're so mean. <laughs> I was, yeah, I could see That's you. so Pisces of me. <laughs> So I thought you were agreeing with like, oh, yes, yes, it says that in the astrology books, but no. <laughs> Sorry, that was too easy of a bait. I just love the fact that they put a lot of thought in this fake book. Okay, wait. So we hear there's, okay, 12 months. Do we hear, how many of them do we hear out of the 12? Five. No, I think it's your birth date. Like, I yeah. think you have to go by day, month, year. That's It's specific, I think. Yeah. Oh, how, how can they possibly account for every single day? Like it goes back 50 years or something? I don't know. Is it like the Chinese Zodiac where it's like you put in your birth date and the year and it's like, oh, you're like a, a water rooster or you're like a steel monkey or something? Is it like that? I just thought it was way too thick of a book just to only have 12 fortunes. It's got to be more like that then. It can't be just the 12 star signs. They put in that work. The old people put in that work. Misty's all mad and not at all Gyarados-like as she goes on a tantrum through the woods. Because how dare they say she's like a Gyarados? She hates Gyarados. They're the only water Pokemon she doesn't like. Hmm. Is that the first time we've established that? I think she mentioned it. She didn't like them before, but I could be wrong. The only thing I think was when that, that boat sank and then they came out of the ocean. Maybe she was freaked out. I think she freaked out. She was like out. afraid of them. Yeah, she was afraid of them. All right. Um, They fall into Team Rocket Pit Trap. Team Rocket has some cute little mini Meowth balloons that are like drones that are going to, I don't know, attack the twerps or something. 
Misty, meanwhile, is in her Mega Gyarados state, and so she blasts off Team Rocket. But when they do so, Misty's book somehow ends up in James's hands. And Team Rocket, who land in a public park somewhere, decide that they're going to tell their fortunes. Um, Jesse is an Eevee type. Cute. Which actually makes sense for her. How so? Well, okay, so she's cute, but also she's really adaptable, right? She's been a lot of stuff, and that's kind of Eevee's whole thing. It's Mm. adaptable, and it Mm. can turn into a lot of different things and she's been god everything a a pokemon nurse like an entertainer like a biker chick construction worker biker chick i mean they've been she's literally been everything so honestly thinking about it i'm like okay i could actually see that for jesse you never know what you're gonna get right uh meowth doesn't get a fortune because he's already a pokemon he's a meowth type (laughs) and i guess they probably don't know his birth date because he's like a stray cat right james meanwhile guess which pokemon he is uh, oh, no. A Gyarados. He's a Moltres who will always prevail and soar high above all the others. Wow. And James is like, that's silly. This is just astrology. It's not real. James is you, Austin. Yeah, James is me because then he's very easily <laughs> swayed when Jesse says, you'll have good luck with money and you should beware of water. And James is like, oh, those silly little books. At which point he immediately finds an 1867 silver dollar. And then immediately is sprayed in the face by a water fountain. Yes, Alex? Okay, so I looked up the oh, value. You, I was about to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you both did that? Yeah, go for it, Alex. <laughs> did you too, Jacob? Oh my god, you looked it up? Well, I was like, that's a rare one, I believe. Or, you know, there's something. Yeah. That's a Lady Liberty one, I believe. Yeah, it's a si- the st- uh, Sitting Liberty Silver Dollar or whatever. So 1867 Silver Dollars, according to like USA Coin Book website is $577 in a good condition, but over 6000 in an unregulated or uncirculated mint condition. Which it would not be because he found it on the ground. So at least, that's still at least like a good 600 bucks. I feel like. They can buy another Gyarados or uh, Gengar mecha with that money. Good for James. Basically, at this point, the rest of the episode is quotes because <laughs> James goes on a power kick like we've never seen from him before or since. He climbs to the top of the lamppost and announces that he is the mighty Moltres and he is going to take over a supreme ruler of Team Rocket and take over the world. Now he's on a quest. My app crashed again. Okay. I thought you said your ass crashed. And I'm like, <laughs> my ass is crashing, just so you know. Oh, all right. Well, you are Pisces. Yep, that's what Pisces trait. <laughs> them and their asses <laughs> they, just start, they just start dragging after a while <laughs> yep speaking of dragon james is in a total dragon mode because they go over to the daycare center and they confront the old people and say you will give us all of our your pokemon and they manhandle james and throw him into a wall <laughs> that was a funny scene <laughs> that was a funny scene i was like they, he runs up to him and they do like the people's elbow on him, you know, and like the Liberation Front uh, twister. But you have to like, you know who these people are, right? I mean, this is obvious who they are. This, this, you didn't? No, this, just like James, this spun me around. Because it's Butch's voice, which I think it's, is it Eric Stewart who does Butch's voice? Is it? It could be. I, I'm not sure. Uh, someone fact checked me on that. I forgot these people existed. Oh, of course he did. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, what the heck is... Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. It's Cassidy and Botch, of course. Biff. <laughs> Botch. Butch. It is Eric Stewart. Yeah, I knew it. 
Yeah, but he was doing his butch voice when he was in the old man mode. It was absolutely obvious who they were immediately. Plus, they've already done this tired old daycare scheme before, so. Of the three season finales of the dub, this is the second season finale in which they've done this exact same daycare center scheme. Well, my bad for not noticing. My bad. Okay, I didn't know. Okay, is it a... That's a Virgo. I'm such a a Virgo. (laughs) You forget Butch and Cassidy. That's like such a Virgo standby. Well, the scheme itself is so stupid. Like it's repeated, but like they're giving away Pokemon they already had to get new Pokemon. Like why not just give all those Pokemon to Giovanni? I'm seriously about to look up Virgo traits and see if like. No, let's see that at the end of the episode. Okay. 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 Say that to the end. Anyway, Butch and Cassidy tie up Jesse, James, and Meowth, but James is a mighty Moltres, so he will not be taken advantage of. And so he flexes his muscles and the ropes break. Good God. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, opens a locked door with force. He's like, come, team, we have things to do. Meanwhile, the twerps have also returned to the daycare center because Misty is going to rip these old people's faces off because how dare they say she's a Gyarados. She might use her hyper beam on them. I don't know. (laughs) But they get to the front desk and no one's there. So the twerps say, well, let's just sneak around the back. That's a normal thing to do. And they do. And lo and behold, turns out these old people are Butch and Cassidy. And they're Skyping with Giovanni. This is the first time they see Giovanni, by the way. They clearly see Giovanni. Like, I know he's shrouded in shadow for the first time in a while. But, like, he's there. And Ash exclaims, that's my mom's ex-boyfriend who impregnated her with me. Uh, And several other people. (laughs) No, just kidding. That doesn't happen. The land of half-brothers. Yep. Giovanni is not Ash's father, regardless of what Pokemon Live might want to tell you. I don't, you know what, Austin, it doesn't matter. And there's nothing you can say that can convince me otherwise. Nothing. Uh, well, I'll just move on then. Giovanni. Because Giovanni stops Skyping in and the twerps reveal <laughs> themselves. And Cassie is like, who are these punks? And then she remembers. Uh, you'd think she would remember the, the twerps because they ruin her life all the time. And we get in some battling. Eradicate versus Totodile. Staryu versus Primeape. At which point, Jesse and James and Meowth burst through the wall with a crane. <laughs> this is the best fucking the part highlight. of the whole. I don't really think, like, okay, I just want to say this really quick. Audience, we cannot do this justice. I- I'm so sorry to no. say that, like, but please go and watch this because this is probably one of the only episodes that I would be touting as, like, one of the best. Like, you have to see it. Like, you this can't just. Five minutes worth here is, like, the best of any Pokemon episode ever <laughs> it's a pretty famous like episode for the internet memes of it all we have to put like a clip in here austin i think this is one of these episodes where we have to put like audio clips okay i'm just gonna play clips of james hold on <laughs> i james am a mighty moltres and like the mighty moltres i am destined to rule so the moltres is here pardon me I said the Moltres is here. The Moltres type will always prevail and triumph. Moltres! Moltres has broken your bonds. Come, we must fly. I am the flame that burns brightest. A flame that lights the night. A flame that shatters the darkness. I am a flaming Moltres. (laughs) That outfit, where'd he get it? I think that costume came right out of his closet. If you submit to my rule now, it will go well for you later. For I am James the Moltres. 
And we're back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the the crane that they bring him in with, did y'all notice that he was first? Like the crane broke the building with him already like extended yes. through like it. He was, <laughs> so he, like he broke like the he building. He was the wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah. Like like he would definitely hit building first and then the crane would go through it. Like he broke He's a mighty Moltres. <laughs> that He's would kill him. He's imbued with the power of the Moltres spirit, <laughs> and he know. burns passionately with the, all the strength and charisma in the world. They should have kept this persona at random times throughout the whole series. I mean, that'd be a fun running gag, but it turns out James's delusions of grandeur are shattered immediately because Cassidy reveals, we made that crap up. That's not real. Not before he kicks Victory Bell in the face. He does kick Victory Bell in the face. <laughs> Not today. Not today, Victory Bell. That was the best. Cassidy ruins James's life and deflates his ego, and he is just a fool in a costume, on a crane, in a building, flying high through the sky. And then Team Rocket, the two Team Rockets battle each other, and the Twerps take the opportunity to to free the Pokemon, I guess. Did we actually see them doing that? No. No. Okay. Just take it on good faith, I did. And... Uh, Jesse James Team Rocket is blasted off again, but James kind of gets back into his Moltres mode because he is going to fly like the mighty Moltres he is and soars away. Don't let your dreams be dreams, James. Don't let your memes be dreams. Then I stopped paying attention because Moltres was gone, but I guess the Twerps defeat Butch and Cassidy and Officer Jenny and her squad shows up and they arrest them. Yes, that's pretty much it. And at this point, uh, Jenny reveals, oh, by the way, I have the real fortune-telling book for some godforsaken reason. She's a fan of astrology. What can you say? Jenny would be. (laughs) That's why she'd never show up. She can read the future. I'm not going to get involved with this. Yeah, she always knows the twerps are going to handle it, so she doesn't need to do anything. But Misty and uh, Brock look at their fortunes, but we don't get to see what they are, which we can speculate on. But meanwhile, Team Rocket finds the real one as well on a store shelf somewhere. And James finds his fortune and exclaims, oh, no, not that. And then the episode's over. What do we think? Okay, going back to that, like, what do we think that they actually are? Okay, James had to be a Magikarp. Do you think? Because there's no other Pokemon that he would see and have that reaction to. Do you? Can you think of? Not to interrupt, but I found a quiz online that tells you what Pokemon you are. All right, send it to us. Send it to us. The Mia. Okay. I'm trying to find a good. Okay, I'm. I'm we're gonna go through this at the end about like real star signs and see if any of these traits are matching up to our personalities. In the meantime, what do we think the Twerps and Team Rocket were? So wait, it doesn't actually say. No. Who? What they really are? What their real ones are for as real as it could be. I think Brock is like a Geo dude or something. I think he like his is pretty close. If it's not like an Onyx, like for real. Yeah. It's gotta be some kind of rock Pokemon. I actually thought Gyarados was a good fit for Misty. Yeah, with the rage, yeah. like the sudden rage that she has. Honestly, I think so. I, what about Ash? Ash is a Riolu or a Lucario. 100%, mm. not a doubt in my mind. He, but okay, uh, from the like Gen 2 Pokemon. Okay, from like, the Gen 2. Up to that point. A Shuckle. A Shuckle. <laughs> I don't know. It's the most random thing I could think of. He's probably like a le- he's got to be like a legendary of some kind. Like yeah, he's like I don't know. He's probably Moltres, Zapdos or something. Yeah. Wait, did you put something in the? It tells you what type of Pokemon you are. It doesn't tell you what Pokemon you are. What, oh, like your like your type of grass, fire, water. Yeah. All right, we're taking the quiz. I don't know. I just found it. 
All right, let's see. It's from Nintendo.com. So this is official. I got mine type already. I got mine too. Ooh, mine's, I like mine. You do? Okay. Yeah. I'm not done yet. This is kind of hard. <laughs> it's six questions. There's no wrong answers. I don't know. I feel like I, I get so like nervous. You got to go with your gut. How would your friends describe you? Shit, I don't know. Um, Overthinking? Probably. That's not an option. <laughs> What's your favorite snack? A snack? Yeah, this is how they determine Alex what Pokemon is you are. what a snack is. <laughs> I don't know. These aren't really like snack foods. Austin, you're being such a Pisces. Let the I Capricorn, know. Let the I Capricorn am. work. Okay, I got mine. Alrighty. All right, Jacob, you want to go first? I'll go first, yeah. I'm a water type Pokemon. I'm cool, calm, and in control. Uh, there's a chance I would wake up as a Psyduck, Totodile, Mudkip, or Squirtle. Austin. Okay. I'm a grass type. I'm smart, resourceful, and at one with nature. Wrong. <laughs> and it says Trico, Bulbasaur, or Chikorita. I'd be okay with those. I also got a water type Pokemon. Oh, what is yours? Is say? there only water, grass, and fire? Probably. It just says the same thing as yours, Jacob. Oh, okay. Psyduck, Totodile, Mudkip, or Squirtle. Oh, it doesn't change the Pokemon either? Oh, okay. No. All right, well. That's our future. That's who we are. I wonder if it's just the main three types or if there's like ground or electric or other stuff in here. All right. I'm going to take it a second time and just see, like, just randomize it. Yeah. Let's just do it again. Yeah. Let's see what happens. We'll do it one more time. What Pokemon are you? There's a BuzzFeed one too. That one's probably more fun. Okay. I got water type a second time. We got grass type the first time. Well, I'm just randomly clicking answers. Oh. Electric type. Oh, I got normal type. Oh, really? You're friendly, skillful, and well-rounded. Ooh, I finally got fire. What does fire say, Austin? I don't know. I already clicked away. I think normal type fits me better than water type. Speaking of water signs, let's find out what our real things are. Okay. All right. Let me go to the website. All right. This is astrology.com, which if I... That sounds official. I Yeah. It's, not, it's the most official of all the things that I found, which who the fuck knows. But anyway. All right. So let's see. Austin, you're a what? Pisces? Pisces. All right, I think I got to go to the end. Hold on. Pisces is always at the end of these. Yeah, it's the things. last. That's so weird. It's not like in the right order. Okay. So it says, according to astrology.com, and we can decide whether this is true of you or not, Austin. You two get to decide if it's true or not. All right. Pisces is a mutable feminine water sign co-ruled by Jupiter and Neptune. It's associated with the 12th house of the subconscious, hidden talents and weaknesses, and self-undoing. Pisces weaves in and out of conscious reality thanks to its mystical mutability. Graced with water attributes, Pisces has this eclectic magic gifted with psychic receptivity and scarily accurate intuition. Jupiter tends to magnify these qualities, but Neptune also tends to delude them with a dreamy confusion. Represented by two fish swimming in synchronicity, Pisces is the reminder to consider the known and the unknown. To know the unknown. Okay, these folks are selfless, spiritual, and very focused on their inner journey. <laughs> oh. Um, Am I selfless and spiritual, you guys? Uh, pass to Jacob first. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question again? <laughs> Austin, okay, in all seriousness. <laughs> okay, you know what? I think so. Austin is selfless because I know <laughs> speaking uh, for speaking, I don't know about that. No, 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 no. I think when it comes down to Austin, really, because I know we talk about it, but you're really like 
well, you're my best friend. You're my ride or die person. I know if I was in trouble in any kind of way, you would selflessly do whatever you had to do. That's what I, I think. That I think this is true. I do the same for you, Jacob. Preach. Are you in touch with your like magical, mystical inner self? Uh, that's a no. Okay. I need a new phone and a new cord so bad, you guys. This thing is like ripped to hell. It doesn't even charge. Oh, well, astrology.com says that um, Capricorns <laughs> need to get a new phone. And that oh, they're all- shit. <laughs> Virgos tend to hang on their phones forever and they don't let them go. All right. Let's see what it says about Virgo. Ooh, I can jump to it. Hold on. Virgo is a mutable feminine earth sign ruled by Mercury and associated with the sixth house of work, health, and daily routines. Much like clay, the earthly mutability of Virgo is consistently adaptable. Virgo is known to be dependable thanks to Virgo's attention to detail and perfectionist mindset. Although somewhat nervous thanks to the restless mercurial influence, Virgo tends to strive for the best outcome at all times. So Virgo's critical nature is ideal for catching then perfecting every flaw. After all, nothing gets by the Virgin, and when lightning strikes, the volcanic volcanic nature of Virgo becomes electric. That's my favorite song, too. I guess Jacob's dependable. I guess. Are you, I guess. Are you, <laughs> are you a perfectionist? I think you are a perfectionist. I think you do value hard work and routines. Yeah, I think it's pretty... I think it's all right. I don't have I any qualms with that. My favorite song, you know, is it's electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. It's just so vague, all of it. Well, I can't apparently expand on this because it keeps telling me internal error. So oh, I God. Can't... That sounds about right. Is that my thing? Virgos are an external error? I can't uh, click on it because it keeps saying. Okay, I got you. I got Capricorn. Internal error. All right. Okay. Read. Are you still on, astro- are you on astrology.com? Sure. The last Earth sign of the Zodiac, Capricorns and their unique spirits are powerful to say the least. Oh, never mind. That's this is not a good one. Uh, Why? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't go with any detail after that. <laughs> go to another one. <laughs> um, I don't mean it that way. Uh, okay, thanks. <laughs> this gives me horoscopes. I don't want horoscopes. Uh, Why don't you send Jacob okay, here the, we go. the link? I got it. I got it right here. Well, I was on my phone. Okay. Capricorn, the tenth sign and mountain goat of the Zodiac, is all about hard work. <laughs> uh, those born... Who, under- who snickered? Was that you, Austin? <laughs> that was not me. I think that was oh, Austin. was that you, Jacob? No, bullshit. <laughs> you guys don't think I'm a hard worker? I actually disagree with that. You're, you're a very hard worker. When I want to be. How about exactly. that? Exactly. That's actually the next thing it says, when they want to be. No, I don't uh, Is it really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Those born under this sign are more happy to put in a full day at the office. Fuck that shit. <laughs> realizing that it will, mo- will likely take a lot of those days to get to the top. There's no problem since Capricorns are both ambitious and determined. They will get they will get there. Life is one big project for these folks and they adapt to this by adopting a business-like approach to most everything they do. Capricorns are practical as well as taking (laughs) things one step at a time and being realistic and pragmatic as possible. Wrong. (laughs) They are, they just go for victories and they are dedicated to accomplishing their goals. I think Alex is dedicated to accomplishing her goals. I think she's an emotionally charged person. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't think practicality and realism are necessarily Alex's fortes. Okay, so this basically Capricorn's like thing is always like they're cold, unemotional or cutthroat. And I'm like, 
I don't are, think those that's are all wrong. True. <laughs> I think I'm way more like I was way more stoic as a kid than I am now. I think I'm I've tried to be more open with my emotions as an adult. I don't think this is true for me. I think you guys describe yours very like you know pretty well, but. Oh my god, how about this one, Austin? I think you'll disagree with this. Capricorn is so incredibly connected to the concept of time. This may translate to Capricorn's <laughs> punctuality or calendar management. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. All right. Most viable Zodiac, least viable Zodiac, and the Zodiac quote. All right, who does what? I'd go first, followed by Austin and then Alex. I guess we're done with the uh, Zodiacs. <laughs> yeah, we're done with that. <laughs> we can- hold on, hold on, hold on. I just got to see this one thing. Constant, okay, Pisces, constant division of attention between fantasy and reality. Yeah, that's true. These <laughs> these traits make the fish the most psychic, empathetic, and compassionate creatures of the astrological wheel. Um, I'm empathetic. I don't know if I'm compassionate. Okay, those with this sign must be wary of mirages. These impressionable fish prefer wearing rose-colored glasses to addressing problems, which can earn them a reputation for being flaky or delusional. Is that true, you guys? No, you're pretty grounded no. in reality. Why is this one so short and, like, the Capricorn article was, like, 5,000 pages long? There's a lot going on. All right, hold on. Let me do yours, Jacob. I can't forget you. What am I? What is it saying? Virgo. All right, it says Virgo explained. Like a Virgo. Deep-rooted presence in the material world. Logical, practical, systematic in approach to life. Perfectionist at heart. Isn't afraid to improve skills through diligent and constant practice. Attention to detail. They deal with information like a computer, transforming even the most jumbled set of information into organized, clear concepts. Yeah. I think that's true. I mean, those are all very flattering. Yeah. Kind, gentle, and supportive friends who okay, use their yeah. incredible intellect and resourcefulness <laughs> to problem solve. When it favors you. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's true. I think they're, but you can say, it's like you said, Austin, you can take any aspect of these and apply it to the particular person. It's like, we know Jacob to be that. So, of course, that makes sense. Like, okay, well, that was an interesting exercise. MVP, LVP, and quote. You guys are my MVPs. My most viable player, my most viable player, <laughs> is uh, astrology. No, it's actually not going to be. Wow. Uh, my MVP, um, you know, I got to give it to James this episode. Just being the highlight, you know, he rarely, I mean, he gets a spotlight every now and then, but to have like the spotlight shine on him throughout, you know, a good bit of the episode was awesome. That was good to see. This is like the James episode. Yeah. Other than the Jezebel can we just like collectively have James as our MVP? Because I feel like let's do it. It's just such a standout. It, it's not even close. And that counts for three on the chart too. So. All right, cool. He he earned it this time. Rare exception. LVP. I'll give it to. I don't care. Uh, Misty <laughs> for uh, being a Gyarados. Then um, my quote, of course, comes from our James. I am the flame that burns brightest, a flame that lights the night, a flame wait, wait, that wait, wait, shatters wait. Stop, the darkness. Stop, stop, stop. You, you've got to do the, you, you can't just do it like that. You, you got to be over the top. Start over. You <laughs> can't do that. He's a Virgo. Oh, I'm sorry. I am the flame that burns brightest, a flame that lights the night, a flame that shatters the darkness. I am a flaming Moltres. Should we all do our best, James 
quote impressions just for the hell of it? No. No? Oh, stink to what? I feel like you I am the really flame good. that burns the brightest. The flame that lights the light. All the right, flame that shatters <clears throat> the darkness. Just d- give it your best. Do- be like James. Harness <clears throat> your inner mole trace. I am the flame that burns the brightest. I am the <laughs> mighty mole trace. <laughs> that was really good. You gotta do your diaphragm. Jacob, you wanna you wanna give it your best go? I can, I just... can try. I am the flame that burns brightest, a flame that lights the night, a flame that shatters the darkness. I am a flaming Moltres. Excellent job. Alex? Oh, I have to do it. <laughs> I'm not a guy, though. Okay. Sh- all right. Really? You want me to try? Alex? Quit being such a Capricorn and just do it. Okay. <clears throat> I'll try my best. Wait, I gotta. I feel like I gotta sit up because I feel like I have to utilize the whole diaphragm for this. Uh, and I'm like in the pillow. Hold on. Come on, you're being more like a crap a corn. A rude. You're not a like a Virgo at all. <clears throat> I am the flame that burns brightest, a flame that lights the night, a flame that shatters the darkness. I am a flaming Moltres. All right, you win. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that was excellent. That was awesome. Come on, y'all. You're not even giving it half a try. I gave it half a try. I gave it the old Virgo try. <laughs> oh, good job, you guys. That is it my great. turn yet? No, we're done. This is it. Okay. LVP. <laughs> my LVP will be Butch for not putting on a voice when he was in disguise as an old man. And, I mean, Butch has his, like, chain smoker and butch voice so it's pretty <laughs> distinctive eric stewart can do different voices butch cannot my quote i'm gonna get a, give it to someone who's not james i'll give it to jesse who says oh i've heard all about these little books i've been meaning to shoplift one of these oh my god <laughs> okay wait is that it are you guys done yeah yeah oh shit oh shit, my mvp my has to be james and so does yours can i just give like a secondary mvp to eric stewart for being so great Okay, yeah, but it's not going on the chart. No, I know. I just, I need to put that out there. All right, MVP, no, sorry, LVP. I'm going to give it to Cassidy because she ruined James's life and shattered his dream. (laughs) (laughs) Made him crash and burn right into the sun. All right, my quote is, there's so many good ones, like, obviously the James Moltres one, but okay, let's go back to the beginning, where they first, like, catch the twerps in, like, a pitfall trap. James says, no, Jesse says, yes, and since we are members of Team Rocket, we thought it would be nice to dress the part, because they're dressed up in, like, astronaut spacesuits. And James says, I love the Apollo 11 look. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Alrighty. It's time to make, like, Team Rocket and blast off. But before we do that, uh, what's on the menu next, Austin? Alright, next episode is episode 100 of Out of the Drying Pan. Oh my god. It's also our season 4 premiere. And we're going to do something a little special. We're going to go back to our roots and do three whole episodes of the anime. Oh my gosh. Three episodes. I hope y'all are ready to marathon that shit. Do you remember those good old days, you guys, when we did three? How do we even do those? I didn't even listen to some of our, like, legacy content. Oh, our legacy content is not good. Legacy content. (laughs) I love that name. The first three episodes of season four that we will be covering are A Goldenrod Opportunity... Oh, shit. A dairy tale ending and airtime. But any yet, Bats, have any closing thoughts for I close this out? Happy season three, everyone. Great job. 
I'm proud, like I said at the beginning, like I'm so proud that we made it this far. I'm like just really looking forward to season four and all to all of our listeners who have stuck with us this long or new people that are still like joining in now. Like, thank you guys. Leave five stars. Out of the Drawing Pan is brought to you by listeners like you. Anyway, we'd like to say thank you all for listening and be sure to leave us a five-star rating. If you have any comments or questions, you can send them to outofthedrawingpan at gmail.com. Again, that is outofthedrawingpan at gmail.com. Be sure to follow our Twitter, too. Our handle is outofdrawingpan. Again, our handle is outofdrawingpan. And be sure to check out our Patreon. You can find the link in the description. And always, join us next time as the journey continues.